Hello and welcome into the Inside Nebraska Recruiting Podcast, Throwing Bones. I am Greg Smith, Senior Recruiting Analyst, joined once again by Recruiting Analyst Nate Klaus. Nate, how are you, man? I'm doing well, doing well. Good. So I am, as you can probably tell, I am in a different location um, than I normally am. Um, it looks very much like a hotel room situation, and that is because it is. Um, I am on the road out on location. Um, I, I forget the actual, I'm in Belton, Missouri, um, because in Raymore, Missouri, is where Jaden Doss, Nebraska's 2023 wide receiver commit, and a kid that they just offered um, this, this past weekend, 2024 tight end slash wide receiver Jaden Riddell, um, the Jadens, as the people called them at practice today, I was out at their practice um, to see them and, and kind of get eyes on them before watching them play in their game um, tomorrow night against Liberty. And I think Liberty actually features another Big Ten wide receiver commit as they have a Northwestern wide receiver commit on their team. So it'll be kind of interesting to see that battle and match up with him and Doss um, tomorrow night. But I'm pretty pumped to be able to see that. Um, and real quick, like kind of what I saw from them on practice and you'll be able to find you'll see. Um, kind of my practice notes and reports are, are up live um, on the site at nebraska.rivals.com. Um, I really like DOS. Like it's it's really interesting to get to see when you start to see guys in person and, you know, you see kind of their size on um, just on a profile where you see their recruiting ranking and then you get to see them kind of run around out there in person in conjunction with kind of the start that he's off to, to his season as he scored four touchdowns in his game last week, um, including, a, I think, a game-opening um, kickoff return for a touchdown. And that was the thing that really struck me about what I saw at practice today is he participates in every special teams drill um, when you go out there. He is the return man uh, for that team. And they had several periods where they worked on special teams. I know that's, that's always a hot topic around here uh, for the team. <laughs> but they worked on special teams a lot. And seeing him in person, you can see kind of why he likes that and he can change a game in that way. And I, I talked to his coach, um, Sean Martin, after practice about that very thing and asked him, hey, did, did he get better at this overtime? Or is it one of those things where, you know, you've just kind of got it? And he said, hey, he's got it. Like You just kind of walked in the door being able to return um, kicks and punts like that. Well, th yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think anytime you have a, a player that not only has that in his toolbox, that can just go out and naturally be a, a return guy, but that is willing and able to work at it and to, you know, <clears throat> to be somebody who can uh, make an impact in that phase of the game. That's, that's huge. And so now if you're Nebraska or, or whoever, um, when you're recruiting numerous <laughs> athletes like that in your recruiting class, uh, that give you some options down the road. That's that's a big time. That's a big time get. Uh, you know, anytime you can add someone that that can potentially add, you know, impact uh, multiple phases of the game. Yeah, and I think that the the more, like you said, the more of those players you can stack in a class and on your team, the better, because you just end up having a more well-rounded football team, right? And you end up in a situation where a guy doesn't have to be like a superstar All-American to contribute to your team, because we know not everybody is going to end up being that, right? And so if you have guys that are able to then contribute on special teams and just find a way to get on the field and contribute, that ends up really helping your program too, because you end up within less holes in your roster as you 
you move forward as well. Um, and, and so just really interesting. It just, I think seeing, I, I'm really excited to see him play his game. And by the time you listen to this, I may have already seen it. And that's probably on the site as well. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday night before I get to go out and see him play. So that'll be, that'll be really interesting. Um, but coming up this weekend and Doss was here last week or was in Nebraska. I'm not, not here. He was in Lincoln um, <laughs> on campus uh, for the the home opener against North Dakota. Got to see Nebraska take home a victory. Um, and he was happy to be back on campus. He did say that he's going to be back for his first night game um, on Saturday when the Huskers take on Georgia Southern. And that's kind of where I want to go next is that Nate, it, it, what does a night game at Memorial stadium do for Nebraska's recruiting? Well, it gives you a look at a whole other type of atmosphere. Um, you know, Nebraska fans always show out. We know, <laughs> you know, all about the sellout streak and, and you know, the, the, the general fan support. But the night games usually, you know, there's a little extra electricity in the air. There's a little extra buzz, um, you know, metaphorically speaking in. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, you know, most people got a little extra tailgate time. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, it brings a little little something extra to the atmosphere. And, um, you know, it generally also allows for, uh, you know, players and recruits and their families to travel and, and get to get to the game too. it kind of allows for maybe uh, some more more visitor options, um, you know, to, to make it to campus. But I, I think that that adds a little extra flavor to, to the visit weekend um, and gives a little extra buzz to everything. So, um, you know, I think that there's usually the, the overall experience is, um, you know, something that is even a little bit more memorable than, than what you're going to find at 11 a.m. kickoff or even that 2.30 kickoff like we saw uh, in the home opener against North Dakota. Yeah. And one of the things too, and it, it, it's always something to me too, with the, it's a timing thing sometimes. So when you're on a, at the six 30 kick, like they are this weekend, you'll get kind of the best of both worlds, right? You'll get that early portion of the pregame warmups where recruits will be able to be out there and see that kind of with a lot of daylight. And then by the time we get to the second half, and especially when we get to the fourth quarter and they do kind of their in between third and fourth quarter yep. thing, which is the big standout for everybody and really gets the crowd fired up no matter what's happening, like that will be really cool. So you get to show guys everything and they get to see the whole gamut of the experience at Nebraska. And it's, it's really interesting and unique. I think that Nebraska obviously has one of the better kind of home field situations when it comes to those night games. Um, and there's a bunch of good ones out there, but Nebraska's is really second to none. And so I do think that being able to show recruits that, and like you mentioned, being able to get as many, you really, ha it opens up kind of the, the country to be able to have guys come in from all over the place for those night games. You're not having to worry about those flights that are tough to get to um, from 11 a for an 11 a.m. kick where you got guys coming in late for the game because they just <laughs> physically aren't able to make it that early um, to make it into Omaha or to, to Lincoln if they can fly straight in. Like I think that that makes it really really good uh, for them to be able to soak up the entire experience, the pregame on the field, and then you know some post game as well with the coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and like we hit on, you know, last week, the these early games in the season, you know, um, the the importance of getting official visitors, you know, just scores and scores of official visitors on campus. You know, that's not really what they need to accomplish right now. So it's getting return visitors back on campus, getting those commits 
uh, on campus time and time again, getting some younger faces, you know, some 2024, 2025 guys, you know, getting those return visits um, or setting the bar for some of those guys. That's what's what's important here. So um, and, and I think we're going to see a lot of that uh, on Saturday. Yeah, and definitely as we kind of pivot to looking toward at the visit list um, for this weekend, you mentioned it, and I think that both you and I are kind of on the same page on this when it comes to um, the guys coming back time and time again that are already in the class. And I feel like that's one of those things that I think sometimes fans want to gloss over those guys that are already committed to the team continuing to come back. But I always highlight that. I just think it's so important, A, for those guys to build camaraderie together but then also for them to be able to be peer recruiters. I think that that is also a huge deal uh, because there are always going to be guys, like you mentioned, that are coming back that are either in the current class and future classes. And the more you can get them around those current commits, the better. And Nebraska's had, they've got another solid group of those current commits that are coming in. Maverick Noonan, Sam Sledge, uh, Gunnar Catula will be back in. Brock Knutson um, will be here from Mountain Scott's Bluff. And then Ben Bramer from Pierce, um, the tight end, will also, will also be back. Um, and it's it's interesting. Um, Newton told me after his, I think it was after his game against Pius, that they plan to be out here pretty often. Like, I know they'll be here for the OU game. You're going to hear that a lot. That guy will be here for the OU game uh, because if they can get them there, uh, they will be there. Um, but he's coming back, and it's good to have Bramer back in as well to continue to build that camaraderie. Um, but I guess, are there any, we'll go to the uncommitted targets. Nate, anybody that jump out to you when you look at those guys coming in? Well, you know, the first name, I think, and it's not uncommitted, but, um, you know, the, the kind of jumps out is uh, Benny uh, Nagoy at Lincoln High uh, being the Iowa State commit, you know, obviously in town prospect, but um, has already made a pledge elsewhere. You know, the fact that he's he's making it to campus is intriguing. Obviously, Malachi Coleman kind of goes without saying, um, you know, that he's anytime that he makes it on campus. Uh, that's going to be big news. Uh, so I, I think that's that's very important to get him back again. But to have those two guys, those two Lincoln homegrown kind of uh, hometown kids on campus, um, you know, that's that's something that that is very intriguing out of this 2023 class, I think. Yeah, I think that that it's really, and I don't want to, I don't want to make too much of it because I don't like I haven't been able to really dig into the specifics from either side. I think I talked to Benny uh, briefly, and he said that he, you know, he wants to, you know, support the hometown team and also, you know, check out a game. Which, listen, he could have watched him on TV if, if he wanted to check him out and support him. There has there's usually a little something there, um, but the reason that it's so intriguing to me is because it's always been tough to kind of figure out where to. Nebraska was at with their evaluation of him because as he kind of came into his own as a prospect it's been difficult to know whether or not teams view him as a defensive back or a wide receiver and for Nebraska specifically if they did view him as a wide receiver previously, it was going to be really difficult for him to be in a part of this class, given Mickey Joseph and his prowess on the recruiting trail. Plus, you already have, you know, kind of one spot being held essentially for Malachi Coleman. You're going to always have kind of guys um, throughout the South that Mickey Joseph is recruiting as well. That was just always going to be really tough. And then it's it's not all that much easier on the other side of the ball at cornerback either because of what Travis Fisher has been able to to do and bring in um, on the team. I think that 
without knowing for sure, I feel like that Benny is forcing their hand a little bit to at least keep that contact only because he continues to develop as a prospect. He's a really good player. I saw him in person a couple of weeks ago um, and his body has developed. Like he's gotten a lot bigger. He's definitely been in the weight room. Uh, I'm just, I'm curious to see what ends up happening with him down the road, either at Nebraska or elsewhere. Yeah, I think he's the guy, you said it, he's the guy you have to keep in touch with, kind of have to keep, um, you know, your foot in the door as much as you can, uh, just because you never know how what you know, how things are going to kind of play out. And we mentioned it on previous podcasts where you have this much talent in the state, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can't just, you can't just let them, you know, I guess go and forget about them, write them off. Uh, you know, until signing day, because you just never know how things are going to play out. Um, you never know, you know, you may have someone make a, make a late decision, flip, uh, go somewhere else. And and now all of a sudden a space that may not have been there is now there. Right. Um, and you gotta, you got a heck of an athlete right in your own backyard. Uh, you got to keep that option open. Uh, and I think anytime you can keep the line of communication open with somebody like Benny uh, is an important thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'll be curious to see kind of how that goes. On the Malachi note, I do think that you're, I mean, it goes without saying any time, like you said, any time they can get him on campus is good. They had him on campus last week. I saw him spending a lot of time um, with wide receivers coach Mickey Joseph. Trev Alberts came up to him. <laughs> of course, Scott Frost came up to him. Like, it, it's one of those things where, like, he... He's at the point as where the level of recruit that he is, he just kind of walks in if he wants to. And it's not, this is no, no shade towards him at all. Uh, He is that big of a deal where he can come around when he wants to, that invitation is open. Like, I feel like that gets said sometimes, Oh, open invitation. This time it's for real. Uh, But I think that like anytime Malachi wants to pop over, it's totally fine. And they'll roll out the red carpet for him. Yeah. And you have to, you, I mean, you, uh, first of all, he's a, a Lincoln kid, but also, you know, a, a priority recruit uh, that is not a, not just a priority for Nebraska, but for, for an awful lot of teams out there, uh, you know, top 100 overall uh, athlete, you know, and can do a lot of different things. So um, he has to know that the invitation is always there and that he's welcome whenever. Um, and so, yeah, get him on campus, get him around those other commits as much as possible, get him around the coaches, the current players whatever Trev Alberts, like whatever it takes, um, you know, get them around as many people as you can, as often as you can. And this is another great opportunity for that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And another kid too, as we were talking about earlier about getting those future prospects um, on campus as well. Um, and a guy from Kansas, Topeka, Kansas, uh, BJ Kennedy, um, who's a, an athlete on rivals at 6'5", 235. Um, and he's already got, you know, close to double digit offers, um, already a few Big Ten, Big 12. Uh, Minnesota um, has offered, Baylor down in the Big 12 has offered as well. Um, some schools that play some good defense. I, I look at him and see a a kid that's going to grow into an edge rusher. Um, and to me, he's got a kid, like it's written all over him, in my opinion, that he's going to be a kid in a year from now. They're going to be like, man, Nebraska was good to get him on campus early because now he's a top 100, 150 player. Uh, and boy, Nebraska did a good job of getting him on campus early. And I actually think, I think this is his second, um, at least second time that he's been on campus at Nebraska. So he was here for a junior day uh, back in January, I believe. Yeah, right. So, 
yeah, to, Topeka, Kansas kid, uh, you know, has gone from being a five, you know, definite 500 mile radius target uh, in that 2024 class to being a regional offer kid. Uh, Nebraska's offered, like you said, he's got SEC, Missouri, uh, you know, other Big Ten schools, Big 12 schools. Uh, and he's cut out of that mold, that 6'5", 235, uh, can project a lot of different places. He's going to be, end up being more than just your your typical regional recruit, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, once again, get him in front of these other recruits, have him build relationships with them, the coaches, uh, and then of course the ability to see that night game, that atmosphere, uh, maybe set that hook a little bit. You know, right. uh, for all the fishermen out there, right? You gotta <laughs> you gotta put that lure out there, and and every now and then get a little nibble. You gotta set that hook, and I think that's you know what Nebraska's wanting to accomplish here. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one thing though that you know that that I just as just kind of thinking about this visit list that that also caught my eye, and I'll see. I want to know, get your opinion on this. Are you surprised at all that there has not been more quarterback movement? For the future, like I had noticed that we're another visit week um, where there are no quarterbacks really scheduled to come in unless something happens where it kind of goes under the radar, which very well could be. There could be additions, um, things that we don't know at this point. Um, Is that surprising at all to you, given how quarterback recruiting goes these days? Yeah, you know, it's that's something that is uh, worth noting for sure. Um, you know, with the, with the, the transfer portal and everything now, um, you know, and what you have on campus currently, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you and I both know quarterback is always a priority. Right. Uh, it's always going to be a priority and you're always keeping an eye on recruiting several classes down the road. Uh, so to, to not see some of the younger, you know, under class, maybe 2025, 2024, uh, quarterbacks make it on campus, is worth noting, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I don't know if it would, if it's necessarily alarming or anything, uh, especially given Nebraska's success in the transfer portal this past uh, off season. Yeah, that's true too. Even as you, just as you say that thinking about the, the, age of the guys that they have on campus um we'll see though we'll see how that kind of goes maybe just put a pin in that and see if anything comes of it we'll we'll have obviously it'll be a huge weekend next weekend when we get to the Oklahoma game um and so yes. we'll see what what ends up coming of that as well for a big noon kickoff uh I just like saying a big noon kickoff um <laughs> and so we'll see kind of how that goes I'm still in a, in a mixed feelings about whether or not I even like that um uh, I know that they're trying to make that a thing and we'll try to talk about that uh but I still prefer my big games to be night games um instead of 11 a.m games or noon on the east coast um but that's going to do it for us this week uh here on the throw bones recruiting podcast uh make sure you like the video if you watch it on youtube subscribe to the the inside nebraska youtube channel also pop over to nebraska.rivals.com uh check us out over there for all the recruiting coverage coverage of the football team that huge volleyball match that just happened as well we've got you covered uh with all things husker athletics and we will talk to you guys next time